You are a couple of months down the track since having COVID. Do you feel like you've fully recovered or is there any symptoms that are lingering? I'll tell you what, we lost our sense of smell and that lasted for ages. Aiden made this beautiful pasta for dinner one night. He sort of put it in front of me and he was like, <laughs> oh, I'm really sorry. It's it's terrible. Like, so bland. Yeah, well, yeah, he kind of like slammed it down in front of me. He was really upset with himself. So dramatic. And so I'm eating it away and I'm saying, it's delicious. I don't know what you're talking about. Then halfway through the meal, we're both like, I can't actually taste anything, can you? (laughs) Welcome to Talking in Common, a podcast of all things lifestyle, family, motherhood, relationships, kids and culture. This is not a how-to, but an insight into the lives of ourselves and others and how we all manage to get by. So take a listen and let's find out what we all have in common. Hello and welcome to our first ever episode of Talking in Common. I am Kate. And I'm Sophie. Yay! We've finally done it, babe. We're here. We are here recording (laughs) our first ever podcast episode that we have been talking about for a little while now. I'm pretty pumped, going to be honest. I'm very excited to be here. And as you know, I always get a little nervy (laughs) behind the mic, but I'm overcoming it today. Do you know what? I am ready to share. Nerves are a good thing. They are yeah, really they a, good are a good thing. thing. They are, right? It means you care. So, Soph, let's have a chat about what we're going to be focusing on today. So, you are actually going to give us an insight into your recent experience with coronavirus mm-hmm. and tell us, you know, what it was like, especially being a relatively new mother. You, your partner, Aiden, and your baby girl, Honey, all tested positive, unfortunately. We did. So, we did, we did. Yeah, I'd love to have a bit of a chat to you about that today if you feel open and ready to share. Most definitely. I feel like it might be quite therapeutic for me. So I am ready. Let's do it. Awesome. So we're also going to discuss the impact COVID is having on the mental health of not only us as adults, but our children as well. And another thing I wanted to talk to you about is whether you think Australia should have implemented kids-only COVID briefings. Mm, Very important topic. Especially at the moment. We're also going to discuss some health and wellness journeys that you and I have been on these past (laughs) couple of weeks. And you're going to also share with us a recipe in our segment, Sharing is Caring. So, you know, you've always been a hunter and gatherer of all things beautiful yet you know, most of the time practical. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> well, you know, come on, most of the time. So, you know, you each week you're going to share with us your findings on must-tries, hidden gems, recipes or brands that you have discovered, which yeah, I am definitely. excited for that. Yeah, sometimes you find things and if they're that good, they just are worth sharing. You know what I'm like. So I think it's a good place to do that. You are always sharing some um, interesting things with me. So mm. I think it's nice to be able to, to share that with everyone. Interesting is a good way to describe it, my dear. (laughs) Interesting. Amazing. Come on. (laughs) Sometimes good, not always good, but hey. So let's get into it. What do we have in common this week? Okay. So I think we should start by talking about our sort of health and wellness journeys that we've been focusing on at the moment. You know, 2020 is just such a write-off year. and It sure is. Yeah, there's just been so many variables with how everybody's feeling mentally and physically. And so Aiden and I decided to embark on this vegan month, we called it, a bit of a diet challenge where we want to go plant-based. Aiden's my partner, my partner in crime for any of those who don't know. Hang on, I thought I was your partner in crime. 
Oh, you're my boss. You're my uh, you're my work wife. Your work wife. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm his real wife, even though I'm not his wife, but partner in crime for sure. So yeah, so we decided to do this vegan month. So we're basically challenging ourselves to eat plant based for at least a month and see how it makes us feel. Yeah. You know what I'm like? I'm always trying out different things in life to better my health or to experiment with things, whether it is eating habits or exercise or things like that. Yeah. So it's nothing out of the ordinary for me to do something it's like good this. good to try new things as well and see how you feel and see how your, your body feels ultimately and, and your mind as yeah. well, mentally and physically. And I enjoy doing it. You know, it's how you discover what's right for you. I find it really sort of empowering to understand your body and all that sort of stuff. So the reasons why we're doing it at this stage, 2020 has just been such a up and down year and we just needed something in our lives that was a bit of a kickstart into something new, you know. How far into it are you? Um, We've done a good month and we are still continuing it. Are you feeling good? Do you feel any different? How do you feel more energy? Yeah, I feel lighter. <laughs> I think in, I need to get on board with this this vegan. You know eating. when you eat um like a bad food or a heavy meal or a lot of meat or something, you sort of feel like lethargic and heavy. Yeah. I don't have that at all. I feel like quite sort of light on that's my great. feet from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. So that's probably the main difference that I've felt. I also we've been sleeping better, we wake up more easily in the morning, we're not sort of groggy and you know, have that kind of hangover feeling when you wake up in the morning. Yeah, so I've got to say it's it's been a positive experience. But apart from the obvious reasons why people go vegan, like for health or environmental impact and animal welfare, it's a really good way to get back in tune with your body, I think. And also, you know, a plant-based diet, a lot of people say that there's a lot of studies around it lowering risks of chronic disease and inflammation and we've learned so much about all the good stuff, you know, how important protein and fibre and amino acids and all that sort of stuff is for your diet and it's also just broadened our mind and sort of like diversity in eating in the kitchen. So You are great cooks as well. So, you know, if you're probably trying lots of recipes that you've never cooked before, and I think it helps if you are a bit creative in the kitchen sometimes, especially when mm. you are kind of eliminating a lot of foods from your diet that you would have eaten and cooked with previously. So it's good to be mm. a bit adventurous. Yeah. There's like such an abundance of beautiful plant-based foods that we just sort of forget about it, I think, when you go to a, a meat and, and cheese. So, yeah, it's been a good experience. Can't wait to hear more about it in the coming weeks and how yeah, you're Yeah, we'll check back in and, you know, see if I still have a positive spin on it. We'll see. But what about you? I want to hear all about your recent meditation journey that you've been on. I know. You and I Do have I both talked zen? about. You always look zen. Do I really? You're very good at that. Yeah, you are. You're good at. You're really good at that. Even though you might Looks be, can be deceiving, babe. Yeah, it's <laughs> quite a no. skill. So I've always wanted to learn how to meditate, and I've always been a bit not cautious, but the thought of just sitting there with your eyes closed and meditating, I always worried I'll never be able to do it. My mind will Mm. always be wandering. But the best part about this meditation that I recently learned, which is called Mm -hmm. Transcendental, Mm -hmm. is it's twice a day for 20 minutes, which seems very indulgent, I know, especially with two young kids, age two and four, the thought of having the time to do that. But 
I've just, I guess, made the time when I can. Mm. Um, you know, the whole point of it is you do sit there with your eyes closed and you have a mantra that you sort of you repeat over and over in your mind. Mm-hmm. You don't actually physically say it. Mm-hmm. It's not to stop yourself from thinking or having thoughts. You're just meant to let them come, acknowledge them and just kind of let them pass. And I have to say it took me a good few weeks at the start to really kind of get in there and actually relax into it and just go with it and be in the moment. Mm. But I'm so glad that I stuck with it because I've really noticed such a difference in my everyday life, just in general, like the way that I react to certain situations. I feel like I'm generally a lot calmer. My my husband, Mackie, may tell you otherwise, but I overall do feel quite zen. And also in this this year that we have had, it's, mm, you know, as you said before. Perfect time to get into the it. perfect time mm. because... I think we all have, we've all been feeling quite anxious, probably not sleeping as much because we've got a lot on our minds, things that we're worried about. And so Mm. having that time to myself to just sit and be still and be in the moment and just kind of reset has been great for me. So I'll let you know, I'll let you know how I go with it, but I highly recommend it to anyone wanting to try meditation. Yeah. Well, that's me. I have tried it at various stages in my life and it's never quite stuck with me. So it's awesome to hear that you've had a positive experience with it. I find it interesting that you sort of described it as indulgent or a luxury or whatever you said, because, you know, you've already sort of proven to yourself that it's helped your reaction to things. And so if you're spending time working on yourself, then it's better for your family and for your children anyway. You know, the better you are, the benefit they're going to get from it too. So So it may seem like an indulgent thing to do to spend that much time on yourself day to day, but we just live in such a fast paced life these days. You need to do that to have control over yourself and have a bit of sanity and have a bit of peace so your output to the world is more positive. I think that's it, the sanity. Mm. Just even Mm. going and sitting by myself for 20 minutes where I'm not actually sleeping, I'm just sitting there with my eyes closed and just being still. Yeah. it's Yeah, it's a really lovely part of my day, I have to say. And look, I'm not going to lie, I don't always manage to fit it in twice a day, but even if I just Mm. do it first thing in the morning and give myself that time – it really does, you know, set me off to a better start to my day. So mm. I'm all for it at the moment, but I will let you know if I if I keep it going. Nice. Good on you. So enough about my meditation. You could talk about it all day. <laughs> well, you seriously could. But- I recently shared an article with you which was about, you know, the negative impacts that COVID is having on all of us, you know, especially on our mental health. You know, there's fears of becoming infected with COVID. There's Mm. all these extra family stresses, not also being able to see your friends and family, which is really tough. Financial loss for a lot of people. And I feel like all of these things are just causing so much negative impact on our mental health. So Mm. I wanted to talk to you about this, but more about the role that I feel that we have as parents to play in protecting our children's mental health during this period. Because Mm. it's so hard. I feel so much pressure to kind of keep things safeguarded for my young children. You know, they don't really understand what's going on and often they kind of look to us for the way that we, I guess, react in certain situations and they observe Mm. our behaviours and our emotions and that's how they're then going to learn to kind of 
manage themselves. So I do mm. feel a lot of pressure to be setting a good example to my children. Yeah, I bet you do. I feel for the parents that have to explain to their young children every day why they can't do simple things, why they can't go to school or kinder or, you know, why everyone's suddenly wearing a mask and why there's all this fear in the air. Um, so scary. It's hard like we- to explain in a comforting way that they can digest and understand. As you said, it's confusing because it changes so much too. It's like, okay, we can't see friends and family, but now we can. We can't go to kinder or school, but now we can. Mummy and daddy have to wear a mask, you know, we can't go there because of COVID. We can't do this. Yeah. It's, it is quite confusing. We can't see grandma. We can't see grandpa. Yeah. Wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer. You can't go to school. Like it's a lot for a little mind to have to get used to. And I think like, you know, one of the huge admirations I have more so now is for our teachers as well. Oh, my because God. Because they've had... I feel a hugely unfair amount of pressure on them to adapt during this time because not only are they are already adapting to teaching online, but they also have a responsibility to kind of teach and inform our young children. It's a lot um, of pressure, isn't it? Yeah, in a way that they understand. And yeah, that's a lot of pressure, I think. I feel like it's sort of a little bit of an unfair pressure. So Expectation of teachers. Yeah. So exactly. there was this recent study that found 81% of children aged between 5 and 17 had experienced at least one trauma symptom during the early phase of COVID. So some children had trouble sleeping alone or acted unusually young or old for their age. And oh, that just made me feel really, really sad to, mm. to hear that. And I definitely noticed a difference in my eldest daughter, Nina, who's uh, I said before, she's four and a half and, you know, obviously she was home for months from kinder mm. and oh, she was definitely more tired than normal but she was still sleeping the same amount of hours at night time and yeah. we weren't necessarily, you know, we weren't doing, doing anything, more or, doing more, you know, yeah. there's not really a whole lot we can do or we have been yeah. able to do this year to be honest. Seriously. Um, and just she was a lot more emotional than normal and a lot more sensitive and I just I really feel for our our young kids and I know that I'm in a much better situation than a lot of people out there and I know I'm I'm lucky and privileged but I just oh I just yeah makes me sad. I, I like- asked her how covid makes her feel and she said sad. Oh, yeah. little darling. Yeah. And you guys do a great job. Like you have a very high positive energy, you know, in your household and just in the way you go about things. So You've done a great job of keeping that up. But, you. you know, I'm interested to know how you feel about Australia potentially implementing a kids-only COVID briefing because you are at that stage where you have a child that deserves an explanation from so someone true. other than their mum or their teacher. So what do you think about it? I'm all for it. I don't understand why we haven't done it earlier. I mean, New Zealand did it, of course, Jacinda Ardern. You know, she hosted this, she live streamed a press conference, but it was especially for children, you know, in a language that they can understand. Mm. And as you said, you know, being able to give young kids and I mean, Nina's, she's nearly five. So maybe, maybe not so much her age, but maybe her age and up where they have the chance to ask the questions that they want to ask, but have them Mm. answered and explain to them in a way that they understand. So Mm. yes, as parents, you know, it is our responsibility to teach them and to explain things to them, but it's so uncertain at the moment. And let's face it, it's a pandemic. So we're constantly being told so much different information. And I just think to give 
kids the opportunity to hear it in a language they understand is so important. Mm. And I mean, she did it, uh, Jacinda did it in a fun way. She had a children's science communicator called NanoGirl on and they did this video on how soap destroys the virus on your hands and they made it, you know, interactive and fun. She's amazing, Jacinda Ardern. Oh, she's, she is incredible. Uh, other countries did it as well. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, who else did it? <laughs> um, Norway did it. So they hosted a press conference for children earlier in the year. Finland did it. So they gave children the opportunity to submit questions and have them answered. So I just don't understand, considering here in Victoria, we have been in one of the longest Mm. lockdowns in the world, why we haven't implemented it. Yeah, that's right. Our government's the one setting the rules. So if anything, not only we as adults need or deserve the right to sort of understand what's going on. Children have rights too and they also deserve to be heard with their questions. So true. And also receive the education that they sort of deserve on this in these circumstances as well. So it's a really, really interesting point you've brought up and I think it's really important to address it and talk about it and give kids the chance and sort of the rights that they they deserve in this situation as well. And they're the future, so yes. it's really important. So anyway. Yeah, most definitely. I want to move on now. So if I want to talk to you, so as I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, you know, you recently had your own experience with coronavirus. Well, we had oh coronavirus. God. We did. Um, can you believe it? <laughs> oh, God. Well, I still can't believe it. But it's a sign of the times of living in Victoria, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it really is a sign of the times. You are the only person that I know that has had it. I know. I'm the only person that I know that's had it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I really want to talk to you about this today. I guess let's chat about how you were feeling at the beginning when you first became unwell. Basically what happened was um, we had a call from a friend of ours who her partner had tested positive and she had been to have a test but had not yet got her results back. But she was on the front foot and she called us to let her know that her partner was positive and that she was awaiting her results and knowing that we had been in contact with her and we of course have little baby honey that she wanted to let us know exactly what was going on. And we're very grateful for her doing that because it put us in a position to be able to act really quickly and basically isolate ourselves just in case we did have it and make decisions based on what was right for us from there. So the next morning we went straight away and got a test and that morning that we got up we did sort of feel unwell. We did start to have the advertised symptoms of it. So, were you freaking out at this point? Um, I definitely had like the heart drop moment when we had the call from our friend. Um, yeah. that was pretty scary, and I had that had that sort of like yeah sinking feeling of like oh god, this suddenly has become really real. And so I was I was quite nervous at that stage. It was and really then- at the peak stage too. Wasn't it? It was. It was. So and it was probably quite, everything was, yeah, really scary. Really heightened and scary. <laughs> yeah. And we we're getting locked down more and more by the minute and more restrictions and higher case numbers. And it was this big, scary kind of global issue on the television that then hit us very close to home, like literally right in our home. So it was quite confronting. But to get back to how we felt, so we definitely had the list of advertised symptoms. We had the fever. We had a very mild cough. We had the loss of sense of taste and smell. And 
various other things, the headaches, the the tiredness, so all of that sort of all. stuff. Yeah, yeah, we had it all. But in saying that, I do sort of feel this responsibility to say very clearly that, yes, we had it, yes, we felt unwell, but we got over it and now we're fine because we never hear about the recovered cases via the mainstream media. We never hear about the recovery stories or the kind of younger, fitter generation that is contracting this virus but then getting over it pretty quickly. So I don't want to take away from other people's experiences because there has been, you know, devastating loss in the world and people have become very unwell and ultimately died from this virus as well. So I don't want to take away from that. Everyone's experience is very individual. Yeah. Um, but I do sort of feel this responsibility to say that, yes, we got it, but we're fine. And to be honest, I've had a flu worse than what I experienced with this virus. And I and I say that it's important to say our case or our experience like that because we had our neighbours, we were chatting to them in the street the other day and we told them that we had it. And her little son, who's I think about eight or nine, or she said actually, yeah. it's so good for him to hear this because he thinks that if you get it, you die. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what <laughs> so, kids have been made to think at the moment. Like it's yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's all, you know, as you said, you don't hear about any of the positive sort of stories that have come out of this. So yeah. <laughs> how did you sort of feel or react when you received the call that not only you and your partner, Aiden, were COVID positive, but your baby, who was six months old at the time, was also positive? Mm. Um, I was heartbroken. Mm. Um, I was really heartbroken. Not Not about me. Or even Aiden at that stage, like I, I didn't really, I wasn't concerned about us. I didn't even care about us. But um, it was really heartbreaking to receive that news about Honey, just because for the first time in my motherhood experience so far, I felt like I had failed in protecting her, and that was a shit feeling. It was, it was no good. I um, I was sort of trying to hold it together to the representative on the other end of the phone. But I, even by this stage, I knew we were had it. I I was convinced that we had it because we were sick. So I knew deep down, but just to hear the words about, about our little six month old baby was, yeah, it was heartbreaking. Well, you are an incredible mum, and you know, there's nothing that you could have done any more than what you have to have protected her. And unfortunately you guys were unlucky. Mm, Yeah. Well, thank you. You're a beautiful mama. So (laughs) how do you think, you know, your experience of having coronavirus has affected your mental health or what were some of the, I guess, emotions that you were feeling, you know, Mm. during that time or during that period when you were unwell? Mm. It's a good question, but I feel like it's hard for me. It's difficult for me to answer it because it seems all quite cloudy. Like there's just so, there was so much going on at the time that it is hard to identify what my feelings kind of related to. Because like I said, you know, I was really heartbroken and devastated when I found out about Honey. And then, you know, also for a good week, we were feeling quite unwell. Um, We of course had to isolate in our home and not leave the house for two weeks straight. There was a lot of gloom and doom in the media, like it was pretty grim in Victoria at the time. Yeah. We couldn't have the comfort of family and friends. So there's a lot of like variables that went into the experience that makes it hard for me to identify not only what I was feeling, but why I was feeling it. But the biggest impact for me was 
was the sort of guilt and shame is like a strong word. And I think I used that word to describe how I was feeling to mum on the phone one day. And she was like, I can't believe you've used that word. You know, this was something that was completely out of your control. And also it's like an experience that you're going to have again with children. (laughs) Um, A wild ride of emotions, motherhood, parenthood. (laughs) That is for sure. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so true. So true. It's wild. So, yeah, I mean, it definitely affected me. But I think, again, like the whole year was just – Still is, hey? (laughs) Yeah, it's just so difficult. I don't – I'm finding it hard to place where my feelings should sit. (laughs) So – I have to say, you were quite sceptical about COVID prior to testing (laughs) positive. You were, come on. So are you still sceptical? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. And let's talk about why you were so sceptical, actually. Oh, I just love it. I think we both were a bit, to be honest, but... Yeah, I mean, how could you not? I know. Like, how could you not be? It's the biggest thing that's happening now. Seriously. In the lives of our generation and... Yeah, it's hard not to just sometimes question the decisions of governments and leaders and what we're being told that we have to do. Yeah, and the media as well. It's like the media that I get sceptical about because it's just so planned and plotted. It's like it's hard to it's hard to believe it sometimes. But I don't know if sceptical's really the right word because it's not the virus itself that I didn't kind of believe in as such. It was more just sort of frustration around the way we are being controlled and the way we are seriously being controlled. It's quite scary, actually. It's quite scary, isn't it? Yeah. It's more that I just have other passionate interests in things that are happening globally that there hasn't been a response to like this, you know, like our environment and the climate and how our, you know, most of the world leaders have shown that it's possible to act really swiftly and decisively. They certainly have in this crisis but you know the same urgency is missing for the climate crisis for example and that's just a scary sad isn't it and sad Mm. but it's a scary thought that they're not willing to see and react the same way to the future for our children that's exactly right and I read somewhere recently that there's like over a million children who are enslaved through forced labor and exploited in the sexual industry every single year and like have we ever heard those statistics in mainstream media like you've got to dig to find information like that yet the way that this pandemic has been handled is it just proves that you know the world can come together our leaders can make decisions for the better and it just to me is a shame that we're not putting that energy and emphasis on other issues in the world that are just as important. Yeah, so I could not agree that. with you more. Oh, yeah. Well, you are a couple of months down the track since having COVID. So how do you feel now? Have you, you know, do you feel like you've fully recovered or is there any symptoms that are lingering? So I'll tell you what, we lost our sense of smell and that lasted for ages. Like I, It was the most bizarre <laughs> experience. Like Aiden made this beautiful pasta for dinner one night and he sort of put it in front of me and he was like, oh, I'm really sorry. It's it's terrible. Like I, I, I just, <laughs> so I don't know bland. what happened. It's terrible. Yeah. He kind of like, and he's a you great know, cool. slabbed. You both he's are, an as amazing I cook. <laughs> Yeah, and he kind of just like slammed it down in front of me. He was really upset with himself. And I was like, oh. So dramatic. Um, you can't possibly eat this. Totally. I know, I know. And so I'm eating it away and I'm saying, it's delicious. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, it's really good. Like, thank you. And then halfway through the meal, we're both like, 
I can't actually taste anything, can you? <laughs> and um, that was how we discovered that we had sort of lost that sense. And um, the taste came back reasonably quickly, but the smell took weeks or like even months. It took ages. We were both like smelling as hard as we could um, from a bottle of eucalyptus oil. And I you know how strong that is? Yeah. We could not smell a thing. So, so strange. But apart from that, we had probably two days of feeling really average and having like the sweats and fever and all that sort of stuff. And then we kind of recovered from there. But we had heard at the time that some people have experienced it worse sort of in this second week and you can kind of get a second wave of the sickness, which we never got. Thank God we sort of recovered from those first couple of days and got better from there. And now quite a few months down the track, I feel completely normal again. Um, I have no respiratory issues or the things that, you know, we're hearing can be long-term. We feel fine. And the most comforting thing of it all was that Honey had very minor symptoms and she had a very minor dose of it because she was totally fine. (laughs) That's so good, isn't it? Yeah. It was really reassuring because we were feeling pretty average. Thank God she didn't have it as bad as what you and Aiden did, you know? Yeah. It was more scary than anything else about the unknown with how it may affect her. That's all we cared about. And so it was really reassuring to us to see that after one day of her sort of abnormally being a bit more sleepy and tired than usual and she did one night do a big vomit. Apart from that, she was all smiles and leg kick from there on in. So so that was really reassuring. Well, Soph, thank you so much for opening up and giving such a personal insight into such a confronting time in not only your life but your family's life as well. And I know that, you know, it was a really confronting and challenging time for you guys and I just want to admire you and how well you dealt with the whole situation. Thank you. It was quite confronting at the time just because it was such an unknown. It's a weird topic to talk about, like in general. It's a bit like politics. People are so opinionated and everyone has such different opinions. Like you've got to be careful what you say. So today what I've shared is just purely my own story and, you know, like I said, I don't want to take away from any other people who have suffered because of this virus because I do 100% respect everybody's individual circumstances. But I did feel ready and feel the need to sort of share our experience. And, you know, it does have a positive ending. So I think that's important too. So let's move on to something a little bit more lighthearted. Sharing is caring. So do you love this segment? I love it. I'm so excited. (laughs) I want to know. I know you're going to share a recipe, but I want to know what what it is and come on tell me share share it with me share it with me I've just suddenly had this realization about how lame this is that I'm sharing it I'm having such a Martha Stewart (laughs) moment right now especially for our first first episode I could have chosen like the raddest thing that I found yeah the raddest (laughs) thing that I've found recently but instead I'm going to share a recipe for Broccoli dough. Broccoli dough. Woohoo. I love broccoli. So I'm 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 excited. I'm into it. Yeah. Tell me about in, it. Will in my all kids seriousness. It, yeah, well, this is why I want to share it, right? In all seriousness, when I come across a recipe that's like solid enough that every time you do it, it turns out well, it's tasty, it's satisfying, and it's healthy. I just feel like it's only fair to share. Peeps have got to know these things. I love a good and healthy alternative. And I do honestly think that it would be good for kids. So you can be 
my guinea pig and try it on your girls and see yes. if they like it. So basically it's a recipe from Donna Hay and I don't actually cook a lot of her recipes. I don't know why because I a lot of them. I love Donna Hay. Yeah, Can't you love her, don't you? It. Yeah, love her. I think she's great. Yeah, she is great and her recipes are actually pretty simple in a way and most of them turn out quite well so yeah I don't know why I don't cook more so this is a recipe for a broccoli dough and it's basically to make a base for like a quiche or a tart so it's in replacement of the pastry element and it only has a few ingredients it's broccoli a couple of eggs some almond meal and some parmesan great way to get extra veggies in hay especially for young children and for adults actually too yeah exactly and so you blind bake it and then you add whatever fillings you want. I don't need to tell you what to add. It's like, so you know, it can be the base of, of any. <laughs> stop. Oh, I can't stop. So try Wait. it out. Do you know what? I actually haven't decided what I'm cooking tonight. So it looks like the kids are going to get a quiche with broccoli dough. Yeah. And yeah, I can't wait to see if they will eat it. I reckon my kids do like broccoli, but Lulu, my two-year-old, does have a habit at the moment of chewing it and then spitting it out. So Yeah, I'd be so interested to see her. if they eat it and not kind of even really recognise that it's something different to what it normally should be. And okay. also, I should give credit where credit's due because this recipe was brought to my attention by a friend of ours who we talked to later in this season. We actually have a Ooh. full episode with her, so... We do have some exciting things coming up in this season, don't we? Oh, my God. I can't wait to share. I'm so anxiety-ridden about it. I'm so nervous. (laughs) I know, me too. So out of my comfort zone doing this, but I have loved the journey of it with you so far. And it's just, it's super exciting. And we have some amazing guests that we interview this season, some really great topics. And we really just want to explore and share this stage of like early motherhood that we're living through. It's our reality right now. the transition into early motherhood as well. All of it. And I want to hear other people's stories. Me too. I love love chatting to other people about like their birthing experiences, their journey of motherhood and pregnancy and Oh, yeah, yeah, I love it. Love it all. And guess what? Yep. We have just finished recording our first ever episode. Well done. Yay. Well done Amazing. to you. So as you said before, we have so many exciting things coming up and I cannot wait for this journey. We Yay. will talk to you guys soon. Talk to you soon. That's it for today. Make sure you head to incommonprojects.com.au for the show notes. Hit subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Talking In Common. And as always, thanks for listening.